the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So today a bit of a, a bit of a summary of where I feel that the topic is up to at this moment in time and where it's going to go going forward. So let's just get straight into it. So I mean if we're looking at the state of play at the moment of the UFO world, the, the topic of, of UFOs and UAPs, what do we think the most significant case is at this moment in time? And I'm I'm just talking here about a, a, a case that if the Prime Minister of England came up to you and said, "Look, I've heard about this UFO topic. Sounds fascinating, but um, you know, what do you think the most compelling piece of evidence actually is? What do you think the most significant case is?" And if I was asked that question, I think it would have to be at this moment in time the Nimitz case. I think that's fairly, you know, standard way of looking at the thing. It's just the most data dense case there's there's a high number of very credible witnesses and it just it seems to be the most compelling overall case in terms of the evidence that's there the data that's there the witness testimonies that are there and it's relatively recent and it obviously it's the case that's kind of broke the topic through into the mainstream um to a certain extent you know, with your Dave Fravor and Alex Dietrich and everything coming out and actually putting their weight behind it. And um, yeah, I'd say that's fairly common sense at this point that that's the most significant case in terms of the data density and the significance of the case. It's not to say that it's the most interesting because there's things like, for example, the Phoenix, Phoenix Lights that are very um, you know, fascinating, and it's probably more exciting of a story. Or there's there's even the recent comments by Louis Lozondo on on a podcast last week, which was talking about a, a huge island-sized black circle rising out of the depths of the deepest part of the ocean. That sounds more exciting than than the Nimitz incident. But at the moment, that's purely just somebody's uh, recollection of a. Um, of a, a, an event that happened so we've not got the data density we've not got the multiple witnesses who are actually going on record to put their names forward now the thing that will be really interesting about that is and I'm planning on coming back to these state of play type of episodes the summary episodes of, of where the topic is and it will be really interesting to see in six months time what the most significant case is at that point and that's an exciting thought, isn't it? Like, what could come forward? Could there be another case? Could there be multiple cases that come out? Could it be that there's some cases within the classified UAP task force report that, that members of Congress have seen, but the public haven't, which could come to light over the course of the next few months? Who knows? But I think that it's, it's fairly common sense to say at this point it's the Nimitz case in terms of the significance and the amount of evidence there. Um, but like I said, it'd be very interesting to see how that changes over time. So at this, at this point, the, the topic in general is extremely compelling, whatever it is. So we cannot really say, and I, I, I personally feel like I can't say at this point exactly 100% what is going on. 
but we know that there is definitely something going on. It's not speculation anymore. The American government have come out and openly admitted now that there is something going on in the skies or, or under the water as well, as it, as it turns out, that we don't understand. And the question really, I suppose, which we'll delve into some of this in a minute as well, is how much they actually know. And this is something that I've been speaking to a few people on Twitter about as well over the last week, but we'll come back to that point in a minute. But it's it's now basically accepted that UAPs, UFOs, are real things. They exist. Now, what they are is is going to be the next thing, isn't it? Like, there could be a large number of possibilities of what they are. It's not necessarily just one thing, and I think that's something that is now clearer than ever as well. And it's not just one thing. The phenomena, all of these unexplained things that are going on, can't be explained away just by one thing. Um. And that is another thing that's, that's going to be fascinating to see how that unfolds over the course of the next six months, the next year, whatever. Is that situation going to change? Like It's, it's now accepted by you know, the Pentagon, everybody within the, the UFO world accepts that UFOs and UAP are the real, are a real thing. The government are now admitting that and the mainstream media and the public are gradually getting on board with that. And the percentage of people who, who take this topic seriously now is starting to gradually creep up and the balance is starting to tip in, in favour of more people taking it seriously and accepting the reality of it. But we can't really say for sure, 100%, even, even within the UFO community, UFO Twitter, if you like, people can't really agree on exactly what it is. And the rest of this podcast is going to be talking about some of the opinion splits, even within the UFO world, that people can't really agree on. Because those, I think, are the, again, you know, the things that would be quite exciting to see how that changes as well over time. As new evidence and new information becomes available, some of these opinion splits are going to disappear as, as we get clarity on the actual matter. So the first opinion split then is, is it possible the government is interfering in this narrative? Now, the, the first way that you could look at that is no, the government are not interfering in the narrative. Everything is as it, as it seems. So, you know, um, the government don't know what's going on. They have no idea. And uh, Lou Elizondo and, and Chris Mellon and the, the people that have basically stepped away from the government and, and tried to shine a light on this for the, for the wider public and try to cajole the, the the pentagon and the the rest of the government in general to take this topic more seriously and that the public are ready to hear more truth about what what's going on etc you know all of that stuff is the case but the, the government are not getting involved in trying to shape the public's perception of what's actually what's actually going on with it it's a bit unlikely. I mean, if you look at the the history of, of government involvement in things in general, like the American government, I don't know as many specifics of, but I know the UK government have been heavily involved in shaping the public's perception of, of things. And I know a number of, of really specific cases about that, um, which I'm not going to go into because it's off topic, but governments over the years have 
a track record of being heavily involved. The intelligence services of, of the UK government have been, and, and this is just widely available information to check out, but the government's intelligence agencies have put people into mainstream media news organisations specifically to shape the narrative of the public's perception on whatever they want to, to achieve at that moment in time. The example I was I was referring to a minute ago that I said I wasn't going to go into was during the the height of the troubles with the IRA. So um, the government had actually put people into all of the mainstream media outlets in the in the country, and they had at least one reporter who was working for the intelligence agencies who would put stories out about the IRA in order to, to set the stage for whatever the government was trying to achieve next and all of this has now been re revealed under um, freedom, of freedom of information type of uh, situations so this was things that took place in the mid 90s so now it's been 25 years so the information is now available for you to, to, to go and have a look at but think about it if the government have directly had at least one intelligence agent working for every single mainstream media organization in the uk if they did that about the ira you gotta think that they're going to be doing that for pretty much everything else when you read an article from a, a news organization there is always the chance that that article has been written by an intelligence agent who is specifically trying to shape perception of, of, of what the public think about a particular topic and it seems that almost a certainty at this point to me that the government are doing that about ufos as well i mean they do that about near enough everything and we don't know how much the government know but they certainly will be trying to shape public's perception about it and it just seems to me that if they've done that about near enough everything in the past why wouldn't they be doing it right now they almost certainly are now, if the government is, and, and again, the, the American government, I don't know as many specifics, being from England, obviously, from, from Britain, I know more about the things to do with the, the British Intelligence Agency and the way that they have um, worked over the years, but it's almost certain that the Americans will be doing the same thing. Now, with that in mind, let's have a think about some of the things that have come to light recently. So there's Sam Harris, um, kind of a if anybody who's not familiar with him, very prominent, sort of intellectual, a bit controversial, but um, as, as quite a popular podcast and has appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast, Lex Friedman's podcast, some very, very uh, well-known podcasts and um, is taken quite seriously amongst the kind of like academic community online. And, and Sam Harris said on the Lex Friedman podcast recently, I have received some private outreach and perhaps others in our orbit have that the government has known much more than they've been letting on and they're basically looking to shape the public's perception of this now that definitely seems like there's something going on whether you tr whether you trust what sam harris is saying there i don't know enough about sam harris to be able to make a judgment on whether or not that is a legit thing that's happening but I have 
I have heard from other people mentioning similar things as well. Now, could that be the case? It very well could be. It does seem that there is a large number of, of podcasts all of a sudden discussing it, the mainstream media all of a sudden discussing it, the fact that Obama has mentioned it. Could that be that there is somebody there within, you know, who perhaps works for the Pentagon or is high up within the government who is trying to coordinate media outlets to try and take this topic more seriously it could it could be i mean when you when you see somebody like sam harris saying it that blatantly it you know why would he say that if it wasn't actually happening it doesn't really seem to i suppose it could if he hints that something like that is the case then it would kind of convince people to take the topic a little bit more seriously perhaps but it just seems like a weird thing to say if it didn't actually happen. Why would he kind of lie about something? You know, it, it seems to me that, that that could be a thing that is going on. And if the government wanted to control the narrative, is this what it would look like? And the coordination of, of Obama coming out at that specific moment in time and, and mentioning something... Obama doesn't just do things randomly. You've you've got to wonder if there was somebody behind the scenes who's reached out to all of these big thinkers within academia online and and the big podcasters and and kind of encouraged them directly or indirectly to to start discussing the topic a little bit more. So the, I think it is fairly possible that the government is trying to shape the narrative and, and just help the narrative along but when i say the government it's a bit of a tricky one isn't it because it's not the government the government's not just one person or one way of doing things it's a massive group of people so it could be that there are a group of people within the pentagon say who are familiar with this topic who have been working together in an unofficial capacity and then they're reaching out to all of these people like sam harris behind the scenes and so on it could be a group of people who have worked for the pentagon in the past who are now stepped away similar kind of thing to you know uh, the, the the little kind of group that that lou elizondo has with chris mellon and, and all of the various people around them but there could be, for all we know, another group similar to that that aren't in the public eye, that are doing things behind the scenes to kind of shape things. There could be an actual department within the Pentagon which is completely, um, you know, secret. The public have no idea about it that are going and do actually doing this thing. But ninety nine percent of the, the the government in America have no idea about this. But that one percent are specifically tasked with shaping the public's perception to try and set the stage for further information to come out now all possibilities but obviously very very difficult to say at this moment in time exactly the extent of it or whether it's even going on at all but it has occurred to me that certain things do seem to be clicking into place at certain times and i do wonder whether that's to do with Lou and Chris Mellon and, and, and those kinds of people, the, the ex-TTSA kind of group who are, who are putting things into place. And they certainly do have a plan of, of, with set phases and things like that as to, as to when they're going to do things and reach out to people and information that gets teased out over time. But it does make you wonder how deep that goes, whether they're actually in some kind of coordinated effort with other people that aren't in the public eye perhaps that even still work for the pentagon 
And it could well be that these are the same people that are, that are releasing the information to Jeremy Corbell, for example. But again, that's something that will be interesting to see how that develops over the months and that particular opinion split there of is it possible the government is interfering in the narrative I, I, again i get the feeling that we'll know more about that as as we go and again when i say the government i'm not talking about every single member of the government but there could be a very tiny team of people within the government who are in a, an official capacity or an unofficial capacity are actually putting things into place to to help shape this narrative that seems kind of like the most likely to me that there's a small number of people within the government who have seen certain things that perhaps the public haven't seen yet that are, that are helping to kind of give information out to people like Corbell and Knapp and uh, perhaps even coordinating with ex-Pentagon, ex-intelligence people like Lou Elizondo and so on. Who knows, eh? And I guess the thing is, is that even the Tom De Tom Delonge being a part of TTSA, you know, if you were going to have some kind of an effort to put things into place to get the public more aware of this, it does seem like a good first step to have somebody like Tom Delonge heading that up, because if they did want to back out, if say for example the the government, the people within the government or whatever it is decide that the the public's reaction to the initial information that has been brought out is unfavorable like there's too much panic or there's there's the, the public are starting to go down a path of thinking that they, they didn't want for whatever that could be you've kind of got a bit of a get out clause with tom delonge in charge to be able to sort of now oh, well it's just tom delonge you know he has been known to go on some rants and to kind of talk about some stuff that's highly speculative and you know not particularly a scientific way of looking at it perhaps and has like a bit of a jokey persona with the band that he's been in in the past it's um it would be a bit of an easier option to bring the information out through him and the people that are around him and then if the public reaction to it is favorable then perhaps have a coordinated plan in place to split the more credible members of TTSA off into us into the doing their own thing which is obviously what we've seen and then Tom Delonge focuses on the entertainment side of it but again that might be reading too much into it but you know all of that could have been a coincidence and it could just be the way that it's naturally panned out which is I guess equally as possible as well you know it could just be that there is no plan behind the scenes the government aren't trying to control narratives and they've not put specific people into uh, positions of knowledge on purpose and it could just be that that was just how it all panned out you know so we don't know but again I do get the feeling that as time goes along we'll know more about that so let's let's crack on with the next bit then. So the opinion split number two, and this is quite a big one. This is one that I hear people getting really wound up about on um, on UFO Twitter and all the rest of it. So the threat narrative. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> pretty intense uh, debates being had online about this one. So. I think the thing is here, obviously, just to quickly summarise that one, the threat narrative is kind of like one or two ways. So there's one side of things, which is, 
your, your Stephen Greer in particular seems to be absolutely convinced and a lot of the CE5 community and a lot of people who are whether you look at it as CE5 or the CHI and um, cognitive human interface I believe it stands for um, or just in general the people who are making an effort to to attain a certain stage of consciousness and concentration and med- through meditation or through whatever to then be able to put yourself in a position to be open to actually having sightings or experiences of uh, UAP, UFOs. It seems to be that everybody that's involved in that are absolutely convinced or in some cases not absolutely convinced but certainly convinced in some way that the UAPs, UFOs, represent a force for good that are trying to help humanity that are not bad, not evil, nothing to be scared of and it's an amazing thing that you get to experience when you come into contact with these beings. Now, not everybody within the CE5 community thinks that that's absolutely the case. I mean, there I've I've heard of some people who have had um, experiences with with contact which have been terrifying and things like that. But I feel like the overall point of view of people within that side of things is that they think that overwhelmingly the whatever's behind UFOs and UAP is is good is going to be an amazing thing for humanity and it doesn't represent a, a threat to us as humans now on the other hand you've got tom delonge's past comments which are fairly well known there was a bit of a, a thread that i think had been made on reddit that was going around recently which is representing a viewpoint that's absolutely the opposite to everything that i've just said and depending on how far down that rabbit hole you go there's the concepts of these you know the intelligences behind ufos and uap being essentially like i think tom delonge referred to them as like soulless um kind of beings which basically feed off negative energy and tom delonge has made statements in the past to the to the um along the lines of thinking of uh, of the whatever intelligence it is behind these things as interfering in human history and a lot of the the wars that have started have been as a result of the interference of these non-human intelligences and and religions are all manufactured by these non-human intelligences to create divisions within the human race and um basically to to bring misery to the human race essentially saying that that these things are not good and we need to wake up to the realities of that and it's worth mentioning that Tom DeLonge's kind of stance there has been toned down recently. And I've heard speculation that that's because he was briefed when he started to get involved with credible people like Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, etc. He was briefed and trained into speaking a certain way um, so as not to, to scare the public um, too soon. Because if you start to terrify people about these stories of evil aliens and so on then people aren't going to take it seriously and you you've got to tone it down a bit to gradually tease that information out but you have to wonder does he still think that same stuff because we're talking about interviews here from 2016 2015 and and before that um you've got to wonder does he still think that does lou elizondo think that 
Um, he just doesn't mention it because of the reasons I just mentioned a second ago. Who knows? But they, it certainly seems that, that Lou Elizondo, Chris Mell and, and Tom DeLonge were part of the same organisation. You'd think that they'd be singing off the same hymn sheet, but is that the case? Maybe Lou Elizondo doesn't think that same sort of stuff and that's why they split from TTSA. But it's certainly the case that on the one hand, you've got your 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 C five community, your your people who have of who have actually experienced these non human intelligences through meditation and so on, overwhelmingly convinced that these these are force for good and that the threat narrative is being pushed unnecessarily. And then on the other hand you've got people, like I say, Tom DeLonge is just an example of that, but there's certainly a line of thinking that says that this thing is a threat and it's something that we should be worried about and even potentially depending on how far you go down that path that it's a great evil that we're dealing with here so it also seems to be backed up by the comments that Lou Elizondo made recently in a podcast about the, the somber comments which is if the he was asked if the human race was seen was able to see all the things that you have seen what would the reaction be and Lou's comments there were there would be a somber feeling and some people would turn to religion some people would turn away from religion and those comments really haunt me man like it's pretty um pretty scary to imagine the possibilities of what that could mean but again I don't know where I stand on that one personally at the moment I, I think there's a lot of possibility and just allow me to speculate here for a minute because this isn't really talking about factual bits but if we're to speculate i kind of feel though i i kind of feel as though the the likelihood of all non-human intelligences out there in the universe being overwhelmingly good is fairly slim but on the other hand, the likelihood of all intelligences out there being overwhelmingly bad is pretty slim. If it is the case that there there is intelligences out there, it would stand to reason that it's going to be like anything else. Like It's not just black and white. It's not as simple as just one thing or the other thing. The answer is probably somewhere in between. And if you consider that the human species, the human race for throughout history has always had this concept of good and evil, angels and devils, you know, however you want to think of it. There's always been throughout history, every civilization has had stories of de- devilish interference and angelic interference so that there are forces of good within nature and within the universe that try to kind of take humans on a path a certain path towards good and to help us and to give us a nudge in the right direction and then that there is also a force for evil that to a certain extent is is in all of us and that force for evil can kind of push us down um you know a bad path and it, it kind of if we're just speculating now for a minute, I would suggest that if there is some kind of intelligence out there in the universe that has been around and perhaps interfered in human history for thousands of years or even way be- before that for all we know, 
I, I, th- I would say that the most, the more likely thing would be that there's, there's some non-human intelligences that are, that are definitely got our best interests at heart, and there are some that probably haven't got our best interests at heart, and again, this is pure speculation because there's no facts, there's no data density on that at all at this moment in time, but I would say that that that's probably what my gut feeling is that there's some some non-human intelligences that are good and there's some that are bad for all we know if there is some kind of galactic alliance of of non-human intelligences that's out there perhaps that could be overwhelmingly positive in terms of us you know they, they could have our best interest at heart but perhaps there are forces out there as well that are being kept at bay by the, the the more positive elements and it could be that these probes these tic tacs these whatever are actually guardians of our planet you know something i've been thinking about a bit recently if there is some kind of presence here what who's to say that they're not actually guardians they protect us from ourself they could protect us from the fact that we've got these powerful weapons that we that we shouldn't be having and not only are they trying to protect us from destroying ourselves, but they're also trying to protect us from anything else that might want to try and destroy us. It's a thought, it's a thought, but it doesn't really go any further than that at the moment. We've got no data on that, we've got nothing that we can prove. But again, something that will, I guess, be interesting to see how it pans out. And I'm interested to see how the wider perception, as new facts become available the wider perception within the UFO sphere, which is always growing, don't forget, because as this topic becomes more mainstream, which it will do, you know, the, or you would hope that it does anyway, that it continues to, to, to gain momentum. You're going to have more and more people becoming a part of the, the UFO sphere, especially if something really big comes out. All of a sudden, you're going to see the UFO sphere trebling in size overnight. You know, the, the people who are going to be on board with the thing is going to grow exponentially so it'd be interesting to see how the perception of does this intelligence behind ufos uap first of all what's it all about where does it come from what what do they think about us what's their what's their plan for us you know and the public's perception as to whether these things are good or evil if if, if you want to put it to a very simplistic way um how's the public perception going to change of that as more information comes to light? And obviously you've got to hope that whatever these things are, they've got our best interests at heart. You would hope that if you look at humans, as we become more evolved in consciousness and in technologically wise as well, we do tend to overall go towards a path of being more tolerant, less cruel. And you would hope that if life has evolved elsewhere in the universe that that would also be the case but we don't know so let's move on to the third and final um opinion split that is something that is you know being discussed within the topic so this kind of ties in with the first point really um to an extent but more specifically is the thing that people are split on with this third point is how much the government actually know. So I touched on this with a tweet actually a couple of days ago as well. It'd be fascinating to know how much 
percentage-wise, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mell, and these people who have been involved in the highest levels of government intelligence and have seen, for we know for a fact they've seen things that the, the rest of the public, the rest of the UFO world have not seen. It would be fascinating to know how much of what they have seen is, is now public knowledge because it would be a very different picture if Lou Elizondo has already released 70% of the stuff that he knows and there's only 30% left. That's a very different picture to if he's only released 5% of everything that he's seen, you know? So, like, not that he's released it because he doesn't release the videos, but, like, what is now available to the wider public to see is only 5% of what he has seen. And it seems to be, from what the way that he talks about things, that that is the case. I mean, we're being told that there are extremely clear pictures of craft, that there are very long videos of craft which are absolutely undeniable, and these things are all there, they exist on hard drives at this moment, somewhere in an office, but we can't see them because there's classified data, etc. contained within those videos. So this opinion split, opinion split number three is, is that really the case? The government has a wealth of information that is beyond any question, even to the point of, depending on how far you go down the rabbit hole, the government actually have a craft, they have technology, or they even have bodies, or if going even further, they have actual communications with extraterrestrial intelligences. I mean, some people on the extreme sides refer to the government as though everybody in the government knows everything and, and the government literally every single person knows that they've got craft and they've got actual bodies and so on but that's clearly not the case it would be a small percentage of people a very tight-lipped uh, department somewhere deep within the intelligence services that that would know about you know exotic materials or actual craft or bodies you know depending on how far you go down that path in terms of believing what is actually there, what is in a hangar in some secret base somewhere, the more significant the thing is that they've got in that hangar, the less people would know about it. So it's definitely not that the government know, you know, and everybody in the government is aware of this stuff because that that's just seems ridiculous to me. But you know, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that the government have got a lot more than they're letting on. I mean, I'd say that's fairly obvious at this stage. I mean, they've known that UAP are a real thing for for decades and decades. So, and they've never admitted that and they've refused to comment on it. So it stands to reason that there's a lot of things that they currently know about that they're not commenting on as well. So I think... Um, those people who actually do think that, that we have this technology and the government actually have craft and so on, there's also the the way of thinking where it's the government actually have their own craft and some sightings of UFOs actually are government craft that have been created using this technology. That's, again, certain people... Um, have definitely gone into that way of thinking recently with certain films i'm not wanting to go into anything more about um certain certain people within within the topic i don't want to i don't want to dwell on any individuals for too long here but um 
And the, obviously, the the one I'm referring to at the minute is Stephen Greer with the Cosmic Hoax, and, and a lot of the people who were on the, the Stephen Greer train um, definitely seem to be of the opinion, absolutely convinced that you know all alien abductions are the government using secret craft to terrify the public to prepare us for this upcoming war that they want to have with aliens. Um, it's pretty clear my opinion on that sort of thing is. I think that it's absolute nonsense. Um, but, you know, you can go back and check my last podcast about that, which was a review of, of uh, and my thoughts about uh, the Cosmic Hoax film, etc. Now, I don't think that the government has never abducted people because I, I've, it's almost certain that they have um, for one reason or another. But I don't think all alien abductions are the government that that's just a, a ridiculous thing to say i i personally think could the government actually have reverse engineered technology possibly but we can't say at this moment in time and i think anybody who says that for sure doesn't know that they can you can't say that the government actually definitely have this stuff yes there have been documents leaked which seem to suggest that but that at the end of the day, when you see a document that's leaked, it's just somebody's thoughts that they mention to somebody else and happen to write it down. I could mention anything to somebody else right now and write it down in a document and then have that leaked out. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that's really a thing. And we have to bear in mind that just because somebody is high up within a certain position in the intelligence agencies, that doesn't really make it any different. It's just still a person who's had thoughts and, and was convinced of a certain thing. Who knows if they've changed their mind since then. Different information could have come to light since then. You've also got to remember that if it's true that the government is influencing the narrative, then surely they would throw out some red herrings now and again. And it could be that some of these documents that people are putting out there as absolute proof that the government have craft or exotic materials or whatever it might be, how do we know that the government didn't just throw that out as a red herring? You know, we have to remember that and this is something that hit me the other day. Some of the evidence that we have seen for UFOs is fake. You could try and think even further into that and think about what percentage, but it can be the case that every single thing that we have read is true. It just can't, can it? The, the the odds of that being the case is, you know, ridiculous. You know, for every single thing that has been said and every bit of evidence and every video that you see on UFOs, the percentage of it, the percentage chance of that being 100% real is almost, you know, it's almost non-existent that that would be the case. So when you think of it from that point of view, if you can mention 10 very compelling videos for example of what you think of as ufos it's almost certain that at least one of those 10 is not going to be genuine and i think when you think of it like that if you look at 10 leaked documents that suggest that we have craft it's almost guaranteed that at least one or maybe two or even three of them is not going to be genuine. It could be a red herring thrown out by the government specifically to throw people off the trail. It could be just something that was a misunderstanding. It could be something that was done on purpose to try to um, fulfil some kind of a, a goal that, that, that we don't know about. You know, it's 
you have to remember that that not everything is as it seems and you have to keep questioning stuff that's what i keep telling myself as well because you read some kind of amazing you know revelation that's come out in a leaked document and you want to take it at face value because it's more exciting but actually it's more complex than that isn't it when you look at the bigger picture and we have to remember that governments might not even be trying to throw the public off the trail leaked documents get combed over by other countries intelligence services so every single thing that comes out might not be to try and mislead the public but it might be to try and mislead um, other intelligence agencies of, of other countries so we have to take everything with such a large pinch of salt until it's absolutely undeniable that it's fact. We can't really take any of these documents alone to be hard fact. However, when you start to look at enough different leaked documents and enough different people's testimonies from that have worked within certain positions within intelligence agencies or defence contractors and so on, does seem to be a bit of a picture emerging that the government know way more than they're letting on probably do have some kind of exotic materials how far that goes then becomes murky waters but this is this is the whole point of this opinion split three is does the government have a lot more than they're letting on and and, and kind of like how much of what we think they have do they actually have and, and again that's something that we can come back to it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plans out but you've got to think you know just on the one hand public servants are named that for a reason and if public interest is as strong as it is it is literally the job of people within government, within intelligence services, to inform the public. It's their job to follow the will of the public. Public servants are there to serve the public. It's not, and again, not wanting to delve too far into politics here, but politicians are not the leader. They're not the king of the country. You know, like I think sometimes this gets a bit mixed up in this day and age, especially with the kind of cult of personality that you get around Trump and things like that. And, and um, you know, I guess you could say the same about Biden, Hillary Clinton, you know, Jeremy Corbyn, Boris Johnson, all of these people. People seem to think of them as the guy in charge, but actually they're not the guy in charge as such. They're, they're, they're the guy who has to make the decision. But the public is the one that's supposed to be in charge. You know, th these people, who we, we put them into positions of, of, of uh, responsibility. Not necessarily a position of power, but just a, a position of responsibility. And everybody within the government is put into that position to serve the public. And we have to remember this. So when we're, when we're asking for answers on this topic, it's not that we have no right to ask those types of questions. We have every right to ask whatever we want as the public. The government then has to do its job in, in, in giving us what we want, you know, and that's something that's um that, that's very important to remember when it comes to these types of things. And if the government is purposely misleading the public by not letting on what it actually knows and throwing people off by throwing out red herrings or by just 
concealing the truth. I suppose this is a whole other topic that you could get into a podcast on its own about. But why would they do that? Is it because they know a lot more than they're letting on and the truth would drastically alter the course of humanity, not in a good way? I mean, there is always the possibility that we could find out something about this. If Again, if you think about the things that Tom DeLonge has claimed and, and certain people think about UAP, UFOs, the intelligences behind them, not necessarily having our best interests at heart, do we want to know the extent of it? Maybe the government have just took the burden of, of understanding what the, what that actually means for humanity and, and, and allowed people to just go on, or go on living their day-to-day lives and, you know, you're born, you, you live your life and, and, then, and then your life's over and that's it. You, and then throughout the course of that lifetime, you never had to accept the terrifying realities that they're aware of. I guess if you think of it like that, the government are actually doing doing something quite quite remarkable in allowing people to enjoy life without have the, having the burden of the understanding. But that all depends on what the actual scenario is, which we don't know. And and me personally, it's, I suppose it's the classic thing, isn't it, of ignorance is bliss. You know, if there's something absolutely terrifying out there that the government's aware of. Is it better to be in ignorant bliss and just go about living your day-to-day life and not have to be concerned with this the great great danger or the great evil that, that exists? But I just I, I've never really been a big fan of the ignorance is bliss concept. I'd much rather know what's going on. Even if it's terrifying, I want to know the realities. And that's part of human nature, isn't it? I think the majority of people want to know what's going on, you know? And like I was talking about earlier on, whether it's scary, whether it's bad, whether it's good, whether it's a bit of both, I think the majority of people want to know. And if the public want to know, the government's responsibility is to, to at least go some way to, to giving them what they want. But again, it's an interesting one to see how that pans out. You know, How much does the government really know? How far does the rabbit hole actually go? Do they have just a bit more information, but they still don't really have a clue what's going on? That is one definite possibility there. Do they have some kind of idea of what it is and maybe a little bit of recovered craft, some just material, some fragments? That could be a possibility as well. Do they have an actual intact craft and they've reverse engineered it and now they're actually starting to build their own craft Again, it's possible. Have they actually got craft that they've managed to fly and they've fully, actually successfully created their own craft based on that technology? I suppose, again, that's possible, but it will be interesting to see if we actually get any clearer to finding out the realities of, of what's going on there. So just to conclude then on this one, I think a lot remains to be seen with all of those three three different opinion split points. So we've got the first opinion split. Is the government interfering in the narrative? We'll have to see how that one pans out, eh? I think it's very likely that they're interfering in some way. But how deeply does the government interference in this particular topic actually go? And how deep 
is it going to continue to be? Are they going to gradually release the information that they know now? Is what we're seeing the beginning of wider disclosure? We'll see. The second point is the threat narrative. Is the threat narrative, is, is this thing actually a threat to humans? Or is it is it overwhelmingly good? Or is it somewhere in between? A bit of both. Again, it'll be fascinating to see how that one pans out. And the third one is, how much do the government actually know and what percentage of what they know are they allowing to be released to the public? Again, hopefully we'll start to see more clarity on that as, as the months and the years go on. Is what they're doing with the UAP task force, uh, task force, is it just the beginning of the putting the wheels in motion to slowly releasing this full information to the public? But what's full? Are they going to give us everything? Are they going to give us 50% of what they know, but the other 50% is going to remain classified? Or are they going to give us 20%, but even that is way more than what we already know? We'll have to see how all that goes. But I think, you know, at the moment, it's a lot of gut feelings. It's a lot of, I think this, a lot of speculation. But as more facts become available, we'll be able to actually get to the bottom of what's going on with with these three big topics and i think you'll be able to get much more of a sense of what's really going on as, as time goes along but you know the government have planted journalists in new, news organizations before the governments have intelligence agencies across the world have interfered in hollywood productions to try and get certain narratives out to the public before these are things that are not debatable they're just factual and if the government's done that in the past with other topics they've definitely done it with this topic and they're probably doing it right now so we'll see how everything pans out as we go along but that's my thoughts on where we're up to at the minute with it hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode sorry if i sound a little bit under the weather today the hay fever is really killing me off at the moment so hopefully this is the last week or two of the the peak pollen season for me so i should be a little bit less blocked up sounding a little bit more lively on on upcoming podcasts but um and i'm gonna go and listen to the rest of this lou elizondo interview that was released yesterday um, so I hope you guys have a lovely week and I'll catch you in the next podcast don't forget to get me on uh, Twitter if you've got any thoughts about what we've been discussing today be interested to hear some viewpoints hopefully over the next week or two we're going to have a, a guest on the podcast for the first time so definitely keep your eyes out for that one um, I won't reveal who the, the guest is at this moment in time but um, I'm sure if you are interested in this topic it will be somebody that you'd be uh, interested to hear from um, so definitely keep checking back and I'll catch you guys in the next podcast UFO Podcast